This is Transistor.fm. What's on product, people, this week? Well, we have part two of our interview with John Saddington. This interview literally sent warning bells blaring through the 8-bit office. You won't want to miss it. If you have a web development team or a product team, you probably want to know where you're wasting time and how you can be more efficient. This is exactly what Sprintly does. It helps surface the things that slow down development so you can focus on shipping faster. You and your team can try Sprintly for free by going to www.sprint.ly. You won't want to miss the shout-outs we have at the end of this episode, so stay tuned for that. Now, let's get back to our chat with John Saddington. And I just think far too many entrepreneurs do way too much due diligence instead of just hitting, you know, hitting, you know, pressing start is what we say here at 8-Bit. Just press start. Yeah. Just, just start. <laughs> jump in. No, don't read the manual. Go die a couple times on the first level, and then you'll learn. Mm-hmm. You know, you know the thought in my head right now, and I think this would be a good question. Is I'm thinking, you know, right now John has this office and this team and this freedom. You know, it sounds like there's there's some freedom in that space. But there's a lot of our listeners that are probably thinking, you know, I, I work full time and I, I get home from work and I'm just exhausted. And the, the idea of doing something on their side project, like often side projects become a slog that we just do every single night for years and never kind of do anything. So what are some things that people that have side projects can do to do that, to like set some goals? And, and how did you do that in the past when you didn't have maybe as much time as you do now? Yeah, that's a great question. And so this is not so much about discipline because I don't really, I'm not a very disciplined person, but I do sub, set boundaries. And I set boundaries not just for myself personally, but I also set boundaries for our company, the amount of hours that we work and invest in, in the company, and also boundaries for my family, mm-hmm. and for my time with my, my children. And what bound, what's nice about boundaries is they are hard, but there's a lot of flexibility within them. And so for my side projects, all I would do is I would um, create a boundary of, of, of time during the week and during each day to say this is what I'm going to this is the amount of time that I'm going to work on this side project and typically it was you know almost always in the evenings and say for for two hours a day for the next ten days ten fifteen days I'll build the MVP and if I'm that in love with the idea which I usually am mm-hmm. then filling in those two to three hours a night for the next you know fifteen business days will not be hard work at all and that's what I'm going to do. Um, and then, from so for me, I have a start date and I have an end date. And if I get, if I meet my deadline um, for the, the product for those fifteen days, fantastic. Then I think, okay, what what's the next step? Instead of just saying, well, I'm just going to have a side project, kind of fiddle, you know, fuddle duddle with it every night for a couple hours, and, and you know, see what happens, and maybe, you know, it might come out. With, but without deadlines, it's like you, you just never know if you're creating progress, and it's very difficult to measure momentum. Yeah, and for me and for for our team here, like you know, we have quarter releases. That's very important because there's a there's a there's a deadline for your next your next major push for your product. 
your mm -hmm. customers expect it, so there's accountability there. But you also then can celebrate. I think that's one of the big big deals for us is, you know, we have a kind of a big family day coming up, and we're all going to have all the families and the wives and the children go out to the zoo together, and we're just going to celebrate like the first quarter. Yeah. And without those deadlines, you you don't know if you've succeeded in doing anything. Mm -hmm. it, it can be very difficult to feel like if you made any momentum, but to say. Hey, we released the, the, the next push for Q1. Fantastic. Big jump in sales. Let's go have a party. You know, and it's just everyone feels great about that. And then it mm -hmm. energizes us enough for you know another three months of work. But yeah. that happens at the at corporate level, but also at a personal level. When I when I finish my, my sprint, you know, I, I use a little bit of agile, agile software methodology. But when I finish that sprint, I feel really freaking good. And I'm gonna go grab like a six pack and I'm gonna down it myself. It's like, <laughs> you know, or, or whatever it is. Or I'm gonna grab a cigar and I'm gonna go into you know the balcony and just and just hang. Yeah. And that just very, very, very simple reward system can go a long ways. Yeah, and I guess it's better than the the flip side, which is you, you just keep slogging with no deadline, but you, you never get to celebrate anything. Uh, you don't accomplish as much. And you also don't, you just keep feeling like all you're doing is slogging. There's no kind of uh, end to it. Yeah, it's very difficult to measure progress. And and you know what the, the thing is, you know, and you've probably met and, and talked, you know, through this naming experience for yourself, but some of the greatest innovations are where you're able to relieve yourself of a previous obligation. It's hmm. like there's this, there's this very, you know, when you can get to a point, a point of decision, is every pivot is made on at a point of decision. You know, I know that's Eric kind of Eric Reed's big thing. Yeah. But it really is true. It's like unless you have a deadline, it's very difficult to come up with a justification for a pivot. But if the deadline's looming in ten days and you're at hundred points back and three spin sprints behind, it's like there's no question. You are coming up to a point a fork in the road for your company, for your product, and you have to make a decision. Well, you know, F it. We are so far behind. We're never going to make this. We have to internally pivot. Mm -hmm. And that helps you create those, those, those uh, uh, you know, that, that reason to make, make a change. Otherwise, it's just like, yeah, side project, no big deal. Um, and I didn't get to it, but, you know, no one's looking over my shoulder. But without those personal deadlines, like, you can be slaving away at something and, and never launch. Yeah. I think like setting the the deadlines like you just mentioned and like you know setting up metrics for when you should pivot and that sort of thing is the big thing is that's all objective evidence for you doing so whereas like uh, Justin earlier you mentioned something about like having an emotional connection I think to your side projects and like it can be pretty hard I think to evaluate like do I do I change this? How do I, what should I do if you've, if you're basing your decision off, like if you're not basing it off of like, you know, objective data like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I think you're spot on. You're spot on. And that, that could be, that could be preached to every entrepreneur who's, who's listening is you, there's no, there's no getting around it. You are emotionally tied to your startup and your product and your side project. It just, you are one with that thing. You know, it's it's your baby, and so you have to create, uh, you know, uh, objective ways of categorizing your product and telling yourself that it's ugly. Like otherwise, you're never going to be able to because you're just so emotionally involved. But when but when you say, oh, I'm so in love with this this product, this idea, I'm saying I spent the last you know eight months in it, 
and, and, and you're coming up on that deadline, you're forced to just look at your baby in the face and say, damn, you're ugly. <laughs> you know, and just say, man, I am so sorry. I have not, that you were not done. And I have to make a decision, you know? Yeah. I think, I think that's, I think that's spot on. Interesting. Now, why don't, why don't we talk a little bit about, let's talk about, uh, well, Kyle, did you have anything else you wanted to, I know sometimes you've got things stewing from, <laughs> that's that's how we work. Justin like keeps asking these questions, and I just sit here and I think of like <laughs> it takes me like ten minutes to think of a question. <laughs> um, no, I, I don't really have anything uh, like okay. hanging right now, so we can kind of move on. I'm, I'm sure we'll come up with more as we go. Perfect. Well, John, why don't we talk about uh, Pressgram? What is Pressgram? Yeah, Pressgram. Um, very simply, it's an iOS application that helps the user take filtered photos and then publish them directly to your WordPress blog. Um, that it's, that is, it's, that's its base functional um, kind of description. But I think there's, there's a much bigger philosophical thing with Pressgram, and it's this idea of having much more creative control over your content. Um, you've been around, um, you know, you guys have been around for a while, so you, you, you probably remember, and it wasn't even that far along, but it seems like eternity. You know, the Instagram issue with kind of licensing rights, you know, for the users and all that stuff, and, and you know, now Instagram is part of Facebook, there's even more governance and, and oversight and stuff. But I just, I'm just philosophically against, uh, you know, that governance, that control, those licensing. I think, you know, true creative publishing and true c control of publishing is not just the inception or the actual you know, creation of the, the piece of artwork or the capturing the image. It's, all, it's also the right to publish where you want without, without restriction. And so loving WordPress and kind of the open source philosophy and mindset, I thought, well, I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to take pictures of my kids, my cat, my dog, my daughters, whoever, yeah. and then post it to my blog, not post it to Instagram.com slash you know, John Saddington. Yeah. I want to retain those page views. I want to retain um, that continuity of messaging and, and brand and, and whatever. And I think many people do too. But it started at just filling my own need, you know, as they say, scratching your own itch. Yeah. October I left um, Instagram. I had left Facebook earlier and just said, but man, I really like filtered photos. Like I, I'm <laughs> a terrible, like I'm a terrible, you know, iPhone, you know, photographer. And the filters make it look like I'm a thousand times better. So I like filters, but I don't want to use Instagram. Yeah. So I thought I'm going to set out to uh, create a small application that will do that. And Pressgram, so you've, you, you kind of built the MVP for Pressgram. Is that right? Well, I started concepting um, anything from just sketches to full kind of um, high-def um, composites. And then I started developing... Um, in February. And then I got to a point, you know, where I was like, I'm six months in from this, and now this is this is this is a significant side project for me. Hmm. Um, and from what I had gathered, I had estimated very conservatively from about eleven hundred to fourteen hour fourteen hundred hours to complete it. You know, I have built so many products historically, so I have a very good intuitive feel for the time, but I but I built it all out um, by sprints and hours. And I was like, man, if I keep doing this, you know, a few hours a night and then kind of binge on the weekend, it's going to take me another nine, ten months to finish this thing, which means that my side project will have ballooned to about a year and a half, 18 months. 
maybe at the very least. I'm like, there's no, there's no way that I, I want to do that. Yeah. So then the only way I'm going to be able to accelerate that is if I can either raise some capital for it or, you know, leave my current company or something. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to do those. I didn't want to raise any capital because um, it just wasn't, I didn't, I didn't have enough conviction to actually go in front of my, my previous backers and be like, hey, I think I want to build this. I just, I, I could not convince anyone to, to back it. So I just said, well, I'm going to try Kickstarter yeah. and see, see if it, if it works. Um, I have backed many projects. I think I've, I've backed over 100 projects myself. So I'm a huge fan of crowdfunding, but I didn't really never considered um, doing it for myself. So I said, well, I like experimenting, so let's see what happens. And so far we've got, um, I guess we're in about 12, 13 days in, almost halfway there um, in terms of time. And then I think, I think we're about 35,000 out of 50,000. So I, I think we're going to be able to do it. Yeah. And, and what, like, maybe talk about, like, um, at the, the end result, like people that back this project, what, what do they get? Um, well, they get the finished application much sooner than later, which is kind of the, the biggest win for everyone involved, including myself. But there's some there's some basic rewards, you know, from anything from stickers to cool swag. We got um, a, a kind of a, um, a shirt that I want to release and some other cool kind of printed material. Um, someone did donate the 10,000, which was the largest one, which they get to actually name one of the filters, um, whatever they want. Oh, cool. So that was cool. Wow. So are forever immortalized in the application. Um, so that was really cool. This is crazy. So is, yeah, so there's a bunch of different, I mean, a bunch of different uh, rewards, but otherwise I really feel like the biggest reward is knowing that you were a part of something revolutionary. Yeah, I think that's what I've I've really kind of come around to. I was very coy in the beginning because I thought they would reject my project because I was fairly vitriolic against Facebook and Instagram, and, and no one wants to, you know, like like willingly support a fire starter when the fire starter isn't necessary. Yeah, so I was thinking, well, I I really toned down the language for my project um, when I when I when I submitted it, but then once I submitted it, I was like, oh well. Like now that you said okay to it, now I'm gonna say, hey, Facebook's my enemy. And if you, wanna, you know, if, you don't, if you don't like Facebook and you don't like having some kind of big brother over your shoulder when you take images on Instagram, then you should find an alternative. And I think I have an alternative for you. Yeah. So now, now I'm no longer cool. I'm just like, oh, this is what it is. Yeah, that's your enemy. Are Are you gonna release it as a paid product at the end? Like it's gonna be a paid app in the App Store? It's going to be entirely free. Oh, I see. So, so this is like, so this is kind of like people are supporting this open source. Well, it's not open source, but this this project that you, anyone that actually wants to see this thing, you know, come to light, they back it, and then when it gets released, it gets released for free uh, for everybody. Yeah, it'll be in the app store and and kind of the whole nine yards, but. It's it, you. You'll be able to say, "I was a, I was at the round level. I was a part of something really big," <laughs> and and I really believe that now that beyond scratching my own itch, we've I've seen so many people say, "Hey, that that's my itch too," and it's, thank you for um, for building. I had an email even this morning from uh, an angel um, angel investor down in Florida. Emailed me privately through LinkedIn and said, "I had just come up with this concept." 
and I, I was going to Kickstart it too. I searched through Kickstarter, I found yours, and then it, then he, you know, sent me some money. It was like, go for it. This, yeah. this is what I think the future is. It's just much more independence from the large conglomerates mm -hmm. to, to, to publish, you know, in terms of the independent web. And to be able to say, hey, I was a part of that is, I think, a big deal. I think, I think, I think we're all looking to be a part of something much bigger than ourselves. And I think Kickstarter and crowdfunding is one way to satisfy that, that kind of human or, you know, anthropological need. Just, I just, I just, it's just not enough to be part of my own world. I want to be part of something even bigger. Yeah. So one thing that I was, I'm curious about with Pressgram is like you, you talked earlier about how you have, you know, kind of all these targets set for your side projects and things. So I'm wondering, have you set sort of, I mean, obviously there's financial milestones with the Kickstarter, but have you set any other kind of goals and targets with this? Or are you treating this more as like, like an experiment that you just want to see what happens with it? You'd like to see it succeed. Yeah, it is very much an experiment, but every experiment should also have a start and end date. You know, we learned this in elementary school. You know, it's like, experiment for 30 days on you know the leaf to see if it dies when you put you know oil over it you know for whatever that thing what's that process right what's that pro I, i'm gonna like i'm total ocd what's that process when air touches a leaf and oxidizes come on like all three of us we're, we're a bunch of idiots like, what is that yeah. oh. my wife is a science teacher she's she'd be She's shaking her head if she actually listened to this oh, podcast. Like, you know what I'm talking about, though, right? <laughs> what is the, that called? The, are, are you, <laughs> uh, anyway. I'm going to throw out either photosynthesis or photosynthesis. cellular respiration. Yes. Uh, photosynthesis. Anyway. Okay. So it's, you know, and then you have your control group. Yeah, anyway, I'm way off topic. But, yes, <laughs> this experiment has has some deadlines. Mm -hmm. And the uh, obviously the Kickstarter project... Um, helps accelerate some of those financial goals, but by the end of the calendar year, my big one is just a thousand users. If I can't get because it'll be released sometime in August, and so in three months, if I can't get ten users a day from August till you know December thirty first, two thousand thirteen, um, I will either remove it or I will just ask someone else to take over the project or something because. It just it won't have that enough momentum for me to continue to not only finance the darn thing because the server costs from AWS are not going to be you know it's going to be relatively cheap but not you know since there's no financial model immediately it's just going to be out of my pocket yeah and then you know and then so yeah February, you know December thirty first is kind of a big day for me if if I look in my you know my logs and there's there's not a thousand users I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give away or something. Huh, man. Um, and, and do you think this like crowdfunding, is this, is this a good channel for product people to experiment? Like, is this something based on your experience so far that you would recommend to other people? You know what? I, I have thought about that um, a lot over the last two weeks and my, my opinion has changed like almost you know, every other day. And I've read a number of very, very different perspectives. And I, I cannot remember the gentleman's name because I would love to give him credit. And, and maybe I can send you it via the show notes. Yeah, send us the link later. Um, but he proposed that Kickstarter and other crowdfunding like Indiegogo and stuff like that are great ways to vet the quality of the idea. 
And in fact, what might be seen as public shame, because you know it sucks not to get funded, yeah, is actually saves you countless of hours of not just product development, but also you know financial modeling and just trying to create a business. Yeah. Because if the culture and the population doesn't fund it, generally speaking, not all all the time, but generally speaking, the consumers don't want it. And I think that's a brilliant way for you to just have a slap in the face reality that, hey, this product is a stupid idea. Hmm. Either the, the product in its current state or even the, the concept you know, at, lar at large. And if you're willing to put yourself out there and use crowdfunding as a way to vet an idea, I think it's brilliant. Yeah. Some, you know, some are obviously like, oh my, I was looking in Atlanta, you know, kind of the Atlanta, I love how they do kind of geographical regions, and there's a zombie board game, okay, right here out of here in Atlanta, and they were trying to raise 25,000, I think it's like two guys or something, I can't remember, two guys created a zombie board game, and the zombie board game is really freaking complex, it's like, it's not for idiots. And even me, it's like I look at it, and I, and I love D and D. You know, I, you know, I know how to speak twenty-sided dice. And like, <laughs> and I was looking at it, and I was like, "Holy crap! I don't know if I like. I would actually enjoy this. It's too complex. And it's like, you know, settlers of Catan, like times ten thousand. So yeah, yeah. But they, you know, so they were trying to raise twenty-five thousand, and now they're at one point four million. <laughs> and you know, so they're functional millionaires. Yeah. You know, in the last 30 days, and I think they have like three or four more days left. And so the the consumers have said, "Hell yeah, we will buy that." Yeah, fantastic for them. I mean, they'll, they'll they'll launch the product easily with the money they've made, and then they can relax for the next two years. Like, or you know, I don't know what they're going to be doing, but yeah, fantastic. The, the consumer said yes, and there's other projects which you know, I, of course, I, I, I've seen that I think are brilliant ideas. But maybe are maybe are being introduced too early to the market. Yeah, like fantastic hardware solutions that people are like. I just don't get it. And yeah, you all three of us here we're, we're somewhat technologists, so we get it. We're like, oh my god, that's a brilliant idea. But if the consumer space can't support it, it's not a great idea. Yeah. What is that? That may be my farm. <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay? Do you need to? Do you need to go check something out? Evacuate. Someone's at the door. One second. Oh yeah, he did. He muted himself. Yeah, yeah, he muted himself. Their office looks really cool. I know. I was like looking at that one video um, on Kickstarter where he's just kind of in their big office space. So yeah, brick walls, exposed ceiling, kind of the. Hey, John. Hey guys. Hey. Did I you am have... so sorry. That's that fine. Was... That was... <laughs> did you have to... under control? <laughs> did, did you I have mean... to evacuate? Uh, no, I I chose not to. Um, yeah. But I wish they would tell us when they're doing global wide uh, testing. Jeez, that was so loud. That like what was it? It was a it was a fire alarm. Yes, I as far as I can tell, it was a, a test. <laughs> but if I do have to run out because the building is burning down, then that will make for an interesting podcast. That will make this the most interesting show ever. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I'm sorry that you have to do some editing now. but Yeah, no, that's that's no problem. I, I think what we'll do is we'll probably just spend another 
Uh, Kyle might have to take off here. Uh, cool. Uh, but I'll, we'll spend another 10, 15 minutes. And while you were gone and we were talking <laughs> about you, <laughs> we, um, one of the things that kind of came up was like you have a very systematic approach to the way that you tackle these side projects. Like you talked about, I think, what, I think it was when you were building um, the first, first goes at Pressgram, you talked about how you estimated the hours and you've been, uh, you, you built it all in like sprints and things like that, which is, again, maybe it's just like kind of your nature. Um, but I don't think that's how a lot of people approach their side projects. They kind of just like Justin said earlier, slog away at it on their spare time. Yeah. So it's, um, it's, it's not as, it's a great question. I know where you're headed. And if, if there's a way, you know, to export some of that um, to the listeners and to be, to be very clear, it's not as systematic or even as clean as um, you know as, as it may be portrayed. My the, the process literally looks like this. I, I, I wherever I am, I come up with an idea, and as quickly as I possibly can, I write it down in a notebook. For for some strange reason, capturing it on something like Evernote or some digital device just doesn't work. And I'll have so I'll have my action method notebook, and I will capture it in raw form. And I'll just vomit as much as I possibly can about that idea. And then, because you know, 10 out of 10 times it is a software solution or some software application, I will quickly start laying code as quickly as I possibly can. Because I want to not only capitalize on the momentum that's been organically created, but I want to begin to bump up against significant questions about the product as quickly as I possibly can. And then I will work backwards and begin scoping out the much larger um, project because at that point I have a much I have a realistic depiction of the challenge before me, and then I can actually create very good boundaries and expectations for not only myself but my partners and my wife for what this quote unquote side project might actually become. And it it is it is. So it's fairly, fairly organic, but I try to hit those major points. Capitalize on organic momentum as quickly as you possibly can. Get into the weeds so that you can actually see what's in the weeds as quickly as possibly can. And then work backwards a little bit you know, shortly thereafter to say, okay, I've actually started concepting, maybe even building, who knows. And now I have a realistic idea, okay, so what exactly am I trying to build? Oh, this, okay, so. Man, it really looks like it's going to take this much for Facebook integration, this much for OAuth, and we use this X framework. And holy crap! So then, you know, and then you can actually see, instead of just some wild guess in terms of a product roadmap, you actually have a really good feel. And and people who have done it for a while, you know, they have a, they have a very good intuition about them. Um, but if even if you look at my estimates, in eleven hundred to fourteen hundred hours, that's you know that's a difference of three hundred hours, um, and that's a that's a fairly Fairly large span. If you actually, you know, if you actually break that down, that's you know, that's seven and a half weeks, like of hardcore work, and that's that's like two and a, you know, two and a half months, or I'm sorry, that's not even, it's almost two months of work. So it's like, whew, there's still a big window there. Yeah, but that's man, true. It's, it's it's just enough um, for for me to be able to tell my partners, um, hey, yeah, so this is what I'm doing during the night. Mm-hmm. Right, and. You you brought up um, like how do you talk to your spouse about your side projects, 
and and how do you set kind of realistic expectations? The, like the best piece of advice I can probably give, which is almost not a piece of advice at all because, you know, well, it's not a piece of advice. But <laughs> the, the greatest thing that I've, I've had for me is my spouse because there's just no bullshitting your spouse. You know, she's she's been there. She's seen all of my projects. And it doesn't even matter what language I'm using, how how impassioned I am about the idea. Yeah. She just She just can very clearly... And objectively look at you straight in the face and be like, man, that's a, kind of a stupid idea. Or it's typically in line of, well, you've committed yourself to XYZ projects already. I just don't see how logically you can add another. Yeah. And a spouse has an uncanny ability to do just that. And yeah. I think, I think that's great. I, I, don't, I do not pine over you know, the fact that you know, I have I am married, and you know, I some people are like, you know, I wish I wasn't married so I can work all day and all night. <laughs> what kind of life? Like, what kind of life is that? So, yeah, you know, when I, when I go up to Greenville on Monday to coach this new cohort of uh, this new technology accelerator, you know, one of the things I always provide is, I always ask is, hey, how is your your balance of life? How how are how are your activities outside of this startup? Mm-hmm. I'm sure, you have 12 weeks and you've got a grant of money, and and you have you have to kick serious tail over the next, you know, in this, in this next you know, 12 weeks or whatever the program length is. But are you having fun? Are you rock climbing? Are you kicking the soccer ball around? Are you hanging out with your friends? Are you, you know, are you, are you being healthy with yourself? And um, I think that's really, really important. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great perspective. Just the, how, how we can set realistic expectations for ourselves is one thing. And then also just the people in our lives. That's, yeah, that's super important. One thing that we've mentioned is that a lot of product people are doing it by themselves. So they'll get an idea and then they'll just start, you know, every night they'll start putting some time into it. And you've talked about how great it's been to have a team, to have these people at 8-Bit that you really like working with. What If someone was thinking about, you know, maybe finding a partner or building a team, how does that happen? Yeah, it, it happens just like um, you know, just like anything else. You know, there's no magic in terms of finding a partner, but it it just requires you, as kind of the founder or the first person to the table, to get to a place where you can admit that you're going to do better work, and you're going to go further faster with help. Mm-hmm. And that 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 is the biggest hurdle. Then everything else is kind of natural. You're going to networking events. Or you're going to go to pitch events, or you know wherever else you network, and you're going to find you're going to find the right people. Or you're going to find someone online, kind of net, you know network there. But the first major hurdle was just just being honest with yourself and saying, you know what, man, I'm going to be. This is going to be much better if I find find some help. And the the thing that I've said countless countless times to new newer entrepreneurs, and something I wish I learned years ago. It took a long time for me to kind of get over my own ego, but I, with partners, this is the simple fact, and the only only way to to know this is experiencing it for yourself, is these three things. When you have partners, you will have more fun, you will make more money, and you will have more margin than without. And, and this is very important. You will make more money 
that's typically the first issue is like, oh, if I partner, I have to give it away. Don't exactly. Worry. You'll, make, you'll make more money. Well, that that's the, that's a huge that's a huge. Um, I think that's what people think. Like they think I've got this great idea, and you can you start kind of thinking about it, and then you think, well, if I have to share this with somebody else, that's going to cut it in half. And then if we bring someone else in, it's going to cut it. You know, again and then again and again. So how did how did you overcome that? And maybe just give us a, a picture of how it ended up being more successful for you. Yeah, I mean, it's because um, unless you're like the, like the magical unicorn where you can apparently do all things like mm-hmm. all at the same time, generally you're going to be a specialist. You're going to be primarily a developer or primarily a designer or primarily in a business and operations person or primarily a sales, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And a startup is so, um, it's so important for a startup to have specialists that are kicking serious butt at being amazing and excellent in particular areas than a bunch of generalists doing everything mediocre because mm-hmm. no investment company, especially angel or venture capital, None, no, none of those investors are going to want to invest in mediocre people. They're going to want to invest in specialists, people who are at the top of their game, who are very clear about the things that they're exceptional at, and also very clear about the things that they suck at. Me, you know, historically, I'm a developer. Mm-hmm. But if, I, if I'm honest, and I'm very open about this, I'm not that great of a developer. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm okay with that. What I'm really good at is vision casting and coaching and leading teams. Yeah. Even though I have a great history, a very great history in product development and and actual software architecture. Yeah. Man, my my partner Tom is one of the best software programmers I have ever met, and he's just he makes me look really stupid. And thank <laughs> God for that because yeah. he architects our core products, um, and, and makes sure that we're we're on time. And then. Jared, my other partner, he said he's obviously a designer. He can do front-end development better than, than most people. Yeah. But he's a designer, and that's what we ask him to do. Is just and, and guess what happens when he specializes? Guess what happens when Tom specializes? Guess what happens when I specialize? We have more fun doing the things that we were uniquely made to do, and there's less burnout. Because, yeah. You know, every startup experiences burnout. And so I say when you guys have you know specialists within your organization, Man, you're going to go further faster, which means you're going to grow faster. You're going to make more money faster. And if you had to give up a little, a couple, a couple of percents for it, trust me, it's much better to have, you know, a hundred percent or you know half of something than a hundred percent of nothing. And you know, and even even when you get even larger scale, yeah. Just, when you get into the millions of dollars in terms of valuation, like at that point, it, it's all the same. Yeah. Well, and and maybe. So if if you are just building a side project, how how would and and you're you know maybe you're just feeling like maybe there's someone out there listening right now, and they said you know I've been building this for two years, and I still haven't released anything, and you know I'm finally able to realize that I I need some help. What yeah. what should they do as someone that has you know maybe not a lot of capital and maybe you know what could they offer? How how would they go and find somebody and convince them to to uh, partner up? Yeah, I would I would look that person, that person, you know, that mythical person that, that you just shared. I would look yeah. straight in the face and say, the biggest enemy to your continued advancement for this product is yourself. You haven't launched because you there is something 
within your this this context. This, there's a, there's an incredible amount of inertia that you can't overcome without help. And mm -hmm. That's where you have to first. You have to say, I admit it. I'm not going to be able to launch this product. What you then do is then you squarely set an expectation for how much you're willing to give away. What is it? What does it mean for me? What is what is it? What does it mean for me to give away half of the company to make sure that my vision is secured and my vision is actually implemented? Mm -hmm. and how far will I go? If I'm so in love with the idea of customers touching and feeling and using my product and sitting on, you know, sitting on the subway and seeing someone across from me boot up their iPhone and use my application, mm -hmm. and how satisfying that would be to see that. Mm -hmm. Is it worth 10% of the company? Is it worth 90% of the company to give away? And I think it requires a level of introspection. For me, you know, that scenario of, of being able to see some of our customers who walk in our doors, who come to some of our meetups and say, John, Tom, Jared, Chris, I've been using your product for years. Mm -hmm. And just the fact that they can say that, I gave away the vast majority of my company for that. Yeah. And I'm so, and guess what? We're still doing great financially. I still get to pay my mortgage, and my kids get you know everything they need. Yeah, and so I, you know that's what I say is just you have to have internal conversation. What, how much are you willing to give away to make sure to ensure that that product, that business, sees the light of day? And, and I can take some time to to kind of ruminate about. Yeah, you know, there's so much more we could talk about. I but I think we'll end with this, and that is, we, you touched on this a little bit, but. How do you find good people? How do you find good partners? You you've found some people that you you'd say are your best friends. How do you find good people and uh, and partner with them? Yeah, find good people is um, an art and a science, um, kind of both in the same same nut. But I think it's there's a lot of wisdom in experimenting with people, just as you would experiment with an idea. Mm -hmm. All of the guys that I now are my best friends and and my general partners. I've experimented with them, and there's nothing wrong with that. I contracted and worked with Jared, our designer, on a couple of side projects for some clients, and just got a feel for who he is, what his character is like, how he meets deadlines, and if he was someone that I could trust. Um, Chris, you know, he, we actually met on kind of the blog comment layer. He he started trolling my blog years ago. <laughs> and he commented and, and it disagreed with me, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to spam this guy." But <laughs> I was able to meet, eventually meet up with him and kind of test the quality and character of who he was. And just just starting me, our first our first official meeting was at Taco Bell. I mean, super cheap date. You know, I do. And I forgot my wallet. He'll never let me forget that. I forgot my wallet, so he had to end up paying for my tacos yeah. at Taco Bell. And then, and so we just continued meeting. So I get a feel for how the way he develops products, um, his software development skills, and also his heart. Yeah. You know? And eventually, we became such great friends that you know I moved my entire family into his basement for for a year and some change. And then Tom, same thing. You know, um, and so. You, 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 I think you, you build relationships just as you would friends. You know, mm -hmm. see who they are, see see what they're about, and see. Not only do they have the functional skills, but do they like you? You know, mm -hmm. do I like them? And can I could I sustain a relationship, a serious? Because you know, startup relationships are serious stuff. Like you're literally married to these people. 
Yeah. To see if it works out. Yeah. Hey, John, thanks so much for coming on the show. Where, where can people find you? Where, where are a few of the places people can find you online? Well, I, I, always, I try to simplify things. So the best way to find out the stuff that I'm actively working on is just my landing page. And that's just my name, John, J-O-H-N, dot D-O, John, dot D-O. And you can just go there, and there are just links to some of the projects I'm involved with right now. Perfect. Well, thanks again for being on the show. We'll have to come, have you come back on again in the future. Justin, thank you so much. And then, of course, Kyle, thank you so much for your time as well. This has been really cool. And to be honest, there are some things I shared on this kind of podcast that I've really never talked about. So this is kind of a unique podcast. Awesome. Well, looking forward to talking to you again. All right. Thanks, Justin. Okay. Goodbye. Hey, now it's time for our shout-out section. This is a chance for you to advertise your project to our audience of product people, entrepreneurs, developers, and designers. The first shout-out comes from Jesse Stormer, who's promoting this post he's written. Go to bit.ly slash ebook18k. This is really interesting. Jesse says, Learn how I launched my first ebook with no audience and no promotion. Then sold $18,000 worth in the first four months. Uh, I checked it out. It's really interesting. Go to bit.ly slash ebook18k. Leave a comment and let them know you found them through Product People. Second, I'd like to promote our Product People newsletter. You can sign up and get product making resources sent directly to your inbox. This week, we're sending out the private conversation Kyle and I had while John Saddington was dealing with that fire alarm. Go to productpeople.tv slash newsletter. Next up, hover.com slash productpeople. Register a domain with hover.com and use the promo code productpeople, all one word, to get 10% off your order. And finally, Ting. For our USA listeners, if you go to productpeople.ting.com, that's T-I-N-G, Ting is a mobile service that gives you great rates, no overage penalties, and multiple devices on one plan. If you go to productpeople.ting.com, you'll get $25 off most Ting devices or $25 toward Ting service. If you want to be featured in the shout out section, the cost starts at $39 per episode and it's a great way to reach thousands of people. To purchase a shout out, go to productpeople.tv slash shout out. Thanks for sticking with us through this long episode. We'll see you next week. Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. 
If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to transistor.fm slash Justin and get 15% off your first year.